Good Company is a production of iHeartRadio. You have to have number one through life, no matter what it is you do, you have to have a passion for it. You have to have a belief. You have to uh, focus on the things that you want to accomplish. Hi, I'm Michael Casson. Welcome to Good Company, where I'll explore how marketing, media, entertainment, and tech are intersecting, transforming our lives and the way we do business at a breakneck speed. I'll be joined by some of the greatest business minds and strongest leaders who will share how they've built companies from the ground up or transformed them from the inside out. My bet is you'll pick up a lesson or two along the way. It's all good. It's wonderful today to welcome to Good Company somebody that I have considered a friend for uh, more years than we're allowed to count, but truly for a lifetime, I would like to welcome Christina Ferrari to Good Company. Christina, it's such a pleasure to see you and to be able to listen to you and to be able to share some stories. So thank you for joining. Thank you for having me. And it's lovely that you both, Ronnie, have been, we've been in good company all these many, many years. So thank you for the friendship. Thank you. Well, there you go. So how do I introduce you, Christina? I think I'm going to start with just kind of listing some of the things that come to mind. Like if I play word association with your name, I'll start with supermodel. I'll start with New York Times bestselling author. I'll start with TV host. I'll start with entrepreneur. I'll start with a mother and a friend and so much more. Really, your CV is quite extraordinary and the areas in which you've enjoyed success, you can't even count them. So again, officially welcome to somebody with that bio. Christina, I'd love to start by giving our listeners a little background on your journey to where you are today. Can you kind of riff and make my job easier and give us a little bit of the Christina story from Christina? Well, I'm a, a Midwestern girl from Cleveland, Ohio, moved to Los Angeles when I was 14. And by the time um, I was 16, I was, uh, I, my mother was having lunch with a friend of ours. And I came home from school and said, you know, your daughter is quite lovely. She should be modeling. Next thing I know, I'm at the Nina Blanchard agency. I don't know. Have you ever had the opportunity to meet Nina? Do you remember her at all? I, I do. I do. She never quite called me to be a male model, but... <laughs> But uh, nonetheless, I certainly remember she was one of the icons of the industry. Yes, she was the counterpart to Eileen Ford in New York. She was the L.A. Model, uh, agency to be with. Nina was. And then, of course, Eileen, which I ended up with uh, later in New York. But I met her. And by the time I was 16, I was put under contract to Max Factor. It was one of the first contracts given out at that time to represent um, a company. And uh, I stayed with them for over 20 years, rep being a Maybelline girl and uh, moved to New York when I was 18 and happened to walk into Francesco Scavullo's studio, who did all the covers for the Cosmopolitan uh, covers and said, I'd like to do a test with you. And in the meantime, he did a test also for Vogue magazine. And before uh, the magazine for Vogue and Cosmopolitan came out in the same month, and there was no looking back after that. So I became what they knew, what they called then and still do now. We were one of the first supermodels, you know, Cheryl Teagues and I, we were young, we were, you know, in New York. We thought, oh my God, this is great. We had 
Uh, I've had the opportunity to travel the world as a spokesperson, a commercial spokesperson. I uh, did all the uh, runway model. Well, not the runway, because runway wasn't as important as it is today, but um, ended up doing a, um, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Uh, I got married very young, uh, then divorced. And then my second marriage was to John DeLorean, which is a whole other podcast, I have to add. <laughs> Well said, by the way, well said. <laughs> yes, we divorced. Uh, but I had two wonderful children with him, my Catherine and Zachary. And then uh, my career, you know, took off because I came back to L.A. and I did a talk, television talk show called AM Los Angeles, which was the local market for anybody who was uh, doing anything, you know, books, movies, TV. So I had the opportunity, this little girl from Cleveland, to meet everybody I remember every single major movie star and every single TV star. And Jimmy Stewart came on one day and my mouth just dropped. And a couple of months later, we were at the Beverly Hills Hotel for one of those Grammy or Academy Award things. And I hear in this beautiful, familiar voice, hey, Christina, I can't do his voice. How are you? And I turned around and it was, it was him. I thought, oh my God, this man knows who I am. And it was just such a humbling experience to have Jimmy Stewart do that. He was with RJ Wagner at the time. They were promoting something that they were doing. But, um, you know, I've, ha I've had this wonderful opportunity to meet everybody. And the show was number one in its time slot. Then I did the home show. I co-hosted Good Morning America. Not too many people had, have had that wonderful opportunity to do that. It was, I was filling in for Joan London. I filled in for Kathy Lee Gifford with Regis. I did Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus uh, uh, in my own, my very own talk show. And then the last couple of years, I've been doing a two hour live TV show for the Hallmark Channel. And, um, and uh, then I got sick. I got sick at the time. I was diagnosed with multiple myeloma, which is the cancer of the plasma of the blood. And uh, that took me in a, another direction at the time. Um, but while I was in the hospital for a month, I was supposed to be in there for a month, I, uh, I wrote my third book. As you mentioned, I, was a New I am a New York best-selling author, which I'm very proud of. I've, wrote, I've written six books, and my seventh book was uh, Food for Thought. And that had to do with how foods affect your brain and your health. And Maria Shriver, who's a very good friend of mine, called me and said, I'd love to collaborate with you on this book. I said, no, you can't. You don't even like to cook. So no. And she said, well, this is really up my uh, alley with, you know, the brain health. And it's so good for Alzheimer's. And she's working so diligently to try to find a cure for Alzheimer's. She said, I will give you um, a, um, a testimonial on the book. And uh, I, I researched it. It took me three years to finish it. She gave me a wonderful testimonial. And she and I decided we were going to donate part of the profits to the women's Alzheimer's movement. So what that did for me, it turned a page for me because I, I realized how important giving back was at that time, almost, you know, facing a, um, uh, the cancer like it. It's not curable. Uh, I had a stem cell. I'm in my 60, I'm in remission six years. And I plan to stay that way, but it all has to do with- uh, Can we take a moment to just say thank God for that? I, every day, uh, several times a day, trust me. So um, yeah, now I'm, and, and during that time, while I was in the hospital thinking about what I was gonna do in this next chapter of my life, cause I always look at my life as a book and chapters in it. And when one door closes, one always opens up, you know, because um, 
there's a whole other aspect to, you know, going through life and facing disappointment, being fired from jobs, how that affects you, how disease affects your family, how it, um, uh, your immediate family. And my husband who became the caregiver, that was a, a, an eye opener for me as well, because there was something very interesting. We all know how wonderful Tony is. I mean, we all know what a wonderful, caring, loving. I need, I need to do my plug here. In addition to having known Christina for a lifetime, I've been fortunate as well to be friends and business associates over the years and almost like family with Tony Thomopoulos, who has been Christina's partner for many, many years. 37. 37 and counting. And I've known Tony for most of those years. And, you know, he would be a great subject for a podcast on his own to talk about his his journey and his career, which has been so extraordinary as well. So I, I want to do my plug for for, for TT, for Tony Thomopoulos. Well, it's interesting that you would say that because when I mentioned about uh, Tony becoming the caregiver, he wrote a piece that he sent to Maria Shriver for her Sunday paper. And it was about what being a caregiver, what it felt like for him. And he he wrote it and, he, and I read it and I was shocked by what I found, what, what I read about, um, first of all, the fact that he might lose, you know, his someone that he let his wife, how it affected him, how it affected his daily life. And the fact that he went through some stages too, where he actually didn't like me. He resented me because I was really sick. I always he, knew Tony was a little off. See, how could he not like you? But I never knew that <laughs> because he never showed me the stress and the strain that he was going under all underlined by the fact that I might die, you know, and, and he, he, he didn't he stop praying. He stopped doing it because he was so upset about my life and, and how it affected him. So when it came out in the paper, she said the results that she received from men that have been through this with their wives was eye-opening. Because, you know, you guys don't talk about your feelings. What is wrong with you? You never say <laughs> what you really feel. It's not like us where, you know, we put it right on the table. And he was the same way. But you know what it did? It helped me change my attitude towards him too because I was under some very powerful medication and it altered my personality. You know, my kids called her Ristina Panari. They named her. She's the evil twin. And uh, but they understood, too, that it was the medication making me act that way. It wasn't it wasn't a good time. Christina, I want to bring it full circle to this past year. So or, you know, year and a half now, if there's anything that we've learned as people who live on this planet over this past year, it's the importance of, of staying healthy and, you know, both mentally and physically. What this year has done is obviously put so many millions and millions of people in physical jeopardy and physical uh, danger, disease and other things. But what it's also done has put people under extraordinary mental strain. We see it in the in the family, in the workplace, in our daily lives, the interaction. We think people are just taking it all in. And, you know, from a business perspective, everybody has been, you know, all Zoom all the time, all video all the time, and those of us who are fortunate enough to be able to do that. But the strain and the mental strain really is the right word that we've all been under. Some of us wear it on our sleeves, some of us internalize it. But what we've learned is the importance of the mind and the body coming together. And what I'd love to change gears to is 
in 2019, you launched Flourish, the mind, body, spirit company, and if you will, and bringing together those areas of importance, your mind and your body, I guess that's and kind your of soul. one and the same. And your soul, God knows, important. But you really focused on the impact that food can have on all of this. I think it's all something we kind of know, but you took it to another level. And I'd love to talk about, A, your inspiration. I'm guessing we could, you know, surmise what it was. But can you give kind of Flourish 101 to our listeners and talk about those particular foods? Give us a little bit of the impetus and then a little bit of the actual recipe, if you will. And I don't mean rest I don't mean recipe per se, but I do, because I also know a secret for our listeners. You are an extraordinary cook. That much I know. That much I know. Yes. Well, you know, my nonna and my mom were from Italy. And basically they were I was we were raised on the Mediterranean diet where everything was always fresh grains, fresh vegetables, fish, uh, no, no fat, no sodas. And we were health, we were a healthy family. And um, I wanted to, my first love has always been cooking and food and the lure of the kitchen, the science of the kitchen and food and how it affects your body. Ever since I was old enough to stand on a, a few books and on the counter where my nonna and mom would cook, cause I would be in there all the time with them. And I became a passion of mine. And I knew somewhere down the line that I would be involved in some kind of thing that had to do with food. Because I, I also realized, um, you know, that the sugar, the way it had affected my body, even as a young kid, I was very aware of the effects that food had on your mind, your health, your, you know, when I went to school, my grandmother, though, she did one thing, she would take an egg yolk in the morning, and instinctively, I knew it was bad, but it was an Italian thing, a raw egg yolk, and put two tablespoons of processed sugar in it. And she would whip it up and like a zabayon, you know, we would whip it up and whip it up and I would eat it. By the time I got to school, I was like this, I was reading, I was going, there was something going on. And, and I quickly put the, the, the together that it was what I was eating. So I put that aside because so many other things had happened to me in the meantime. But with every show I've ever done, I always did cooking and I always presented cooking um, healthy and, and but, but not necessarily um, you know, sugary things. And I try to figure out how I can incorporate this message to people, how important it is to keep, to eat a diet that is clean. And by that, I mean, is that there are just two things Two, you can eat anything you want. It's how you cook it, how you prepare it and what you use to make it with. And two things that you definitely have to avoid is processed sugar because it is a poison for your body. It raises your glycemic index, which raises your blood sugar. And what that does is it doesn't sat it doesn't uh, saturate your appetite immediately, and you eat more, and you be and then obesity happens. So, Christina, I I'm going to jump in there for a second. One of the things that Ronnie, for our listeners, my wife, but. Ronnie and I have experienced over the years when we've been fortunate enough to travel, particularly in Southern Europe, in Italy, we tend to eat more and it doesn't translate to uh, my waist. And part of that is what I've always been led to believe is because at least in Southern Europe, food is not processed the same as it is here. I've always found that in Italy, I can eat more pasta, I can eat more of this, I can eat more of that, but it has to do with the process that we put food through in this country that, again, I don't know if this is true throughout 
Western Europe, but I know in Southern Europe, in Italy, for sure, I know that's always been the case because I have the results from having spent enough time there. Well, again, it's interesting you would say that because the other thing you have to avoid are trans fats. And those are fats that solidify in uh, room temperature, you know, like butter and coconut oil and things that just at room temperature will solidify. And what that does, those are called trans fatty acids. And, and what it does is it, they, it raises your good cholesterol and your bad cholesterol. And, and the, in order to preserve shelf lives, everybody who, who, you see everything that's on the shelf has been has trans fatty acids, not everything, but you know, the packages that come in those, those things that rattle, you know, they you're supposed to avoid those because those have a lot of them doesn't mean you can't not have them, but just in minimal amounts, but I avoid them all together. And what that does is obesity happens, uh, your diabetes, it affects your heart, it affects your brain, everything. So you have to try to avoid that at all costs. So in my book, Food for Thought, I have a chapter in there on um, desserts. So I made a chocolate mousse and I gave it to my family. I didn't say to them how I made it. They said, oh my God, this is really delicious. How fattening is is the first thing they say. There's no fat, no sugar, no dairy in it. Could, could you send it my way, please? Yeah, so I'm gonna make it for you. And I'm gonna bring it to your house when we come over to see your new house. And all the recipes in there do not have trans fatty acids in it, and it does not have um, processed sugar in it. So there's a way to eat everything that you like. You just have to be conscious of what you buy and to eat more lean protein. I don't personally eat meat, but I eat a lot of fish, a lot of vegetables, a lot of uh, whole grains and and things that, that are good for you. And my doctor said to me when I had my stem cell, I was supposed to be in the hospital for a month. I got out after two and a half weeks and I go, I don't want to go home. I want to stay here. This is, you know, because I was being weighted on hand and foot. But they told me that it was most likely due to my diet and how I was eating because um, uh, I, I recovered like super well. And I have been in remission for over six. Thank you, God, please. Keep, I told you over six years now. Almost no. Christina. And I attribute that to, to eating and exercise. It's important too, because Alzheimer is, Alzheimer's is out of control. There, there are about, um, I think about six, six million people living with Alzheimer's. And I believe too, that I have a note here that in 2050, there will be 13 million people uh, suffering from Alzheimer's. And then, you know, there's heart disease, diabetes, cancers, all these things are caused from the foods you eat. So, so Christina, so Christina, it is clear, and I, that's why I wanted to go there. It is clear that the impetus behind Flourish was deeply personal to you. You were going through something, you always loved food, and I mean the preparation and all of that. And um, eating. As well as eating, as well as eating, you beat me to it. But the, the question I have, which really relates to the listeners and to our conversation, who are looking at their own business entrepreneurial prospects and impetus. And what I'd love you to talk about is the importance of being intentional when you start a business. The passion that you feel about what you're doing has a lot to do with how well you do it. I mean, I believe that if you're passionate about what you're doing, whatever it is, or if you're connected to it, you're going to do a better job. What would be your advice to somebody who's got that you had a reason, you had a health reason that led you to take your thinking and make a business. Not everybody has that as an impetus, but how did it work for you? 
Well, first of all, this is the first time I've been in business for myself, but you, everything you said is certainly true. You have to have number one through life, no matter what it is you do, you have to have a passion for it. You have to have a belief. You have to uh, focus on the things that you want to accomplish. I've had other businesses that have been successful and then I ended up selling them. But when I got sick, I decided this is something that I really believe in with all my heart, that if I could bring people the foods that they love, the pastas, the pizzas, the cereal, the granola, you know, we have flourished granola. We started with our granola and to start small, because if you try to do everything at once, then you can't control everything. There are many uh, lessons to be learned along the way. And God knows we've learned those, but those are good. Those are, they're supposed to happen to help you move to the next step. So, and we've made, we've made our share of mistakes as well, but that didn't matter because the commitment and the love that I have for this keeps us going. So we started first with our cereals. We're at the Air One Markets, which is the number one health food store in LA. We're going to, and I'm just excited about this. We just made it into the Walmart marketplace where you can order it online. And um, so it's, it's really important to have that commitment. And there've been many nights I have to, oh, and also the people you surround yourself with. Oh, I forgot to say we're on Amazon too. We're on Amazon. You can go on Amazon and order it. But uh, it's the people you surround yourself with. They have to have the same vision and passion, not, not the same vision and passion, but at least have the same feeling about what you're doing, where you're working, who you're working for, what you want to do. What? Because I don't want to have people who just want to phone it in. You know, I want people around me that that love what they're doing and create a company that they know they'll be doing good they know that they'll be doing good. And this is what I want to do. I, I want people to understand the philosophy behind the Flourish brand. Uh, we're coming out with our pet. I always say pet bone broth, but it sounds like we, we boil pets for broth, but we don't. It's bone broth for pets. <laughs> so uh, we're coming out with that in uh, probably early early spring. And I'm really excited about that. So that's a line extension for Flourish where you're going to now bring that same thinking. Obviously, the manifestation of health in a dog is different than it is in a human, but probably a lot of similar, you know, considerations. But you know what? We love our fur babies. Everybody, you know, their cats, their dogs, we, we love them. And, and, and they too suffer from cancer, from the stuff they put in the dog food. And so I came up with the formula for um, bone broth for pets. And uh, we just picked them up yesterday, put them in the warehouse, and we'll be distributing them soon. But there's so much more, as you know, the business plan, the mission plan. These are all things that I've been, um, you know, learning about because I, I'm not a business person per se, although I'm learning it and I'm loving it. I'm just the cook. So I have to surround myself with people who know what they're doing. But you know, Christina, it's interesting you say you're just the cook. I know you're not, but I'm going to say something. It's interesting because when I started MediaLink, I hadn't thought of it this way, but there was a process. And that process was we would develop a strategy for our partners we would then help them figure out how to implement that strategy. And then the final step for us was the execution of that strategy. And, you know, kind of halfway down the journey, I realized that, that was like a chef. A chef writes a recipe, our strategy. You then have to cook the food, the implementation. Then you have to eat the food, which is the execution. And I've always said, if you look at our business, 
on that thread of you know strategy implementation execution it's like a chef recipe cooking eating and especially I'm writing all this down <laughs> but you know a good chef a good chef has to be able to eat their own food and they better like it because the recipe has to work so you know it's interesting that you said that and i liken that to my own business as we were on a journey let me switch gears for a second christina because one of the things you've done brilliantly and look you've been a public person for all the years that i've known you and now i'm going to tell a personal story which we chatted about before we started recording our conversation so for our listeners i'm going to tell everybody how i first met christina okay so I was walking down Rodeo Drive when I was uh, in college, and I was dumbstruck. I don't know what the word was. I looked in a window of a very fancy jewelry store on Rodeo Drive called Jewels by Edouard, and there was a absolutely stunning picture of a young lady who was a supermodel, which I didn't know, but there was an absolutely stunning picture of you, and that picture had you modeling something that looked like the Hope Diamond, but it was emeralds. I remember it like it was yesterday, Christina. It was a magnificent emerald ensemble of a necklace and earrings is what I remember. But what I remember really weren't the emeralds. What I remembered was your beauty. And as I walked further down the street, or maybe up the street, depending on which way I was going, I think it was up the street, I went into the Gucci store on Rodeo Drive, and I'll let those in on a little secret. I was an early adopter, and I probably couldn't afford it, but I bought my first pair of horsebit Gucci loafers back in the, had to be in the early 70s. And the two people who took care of me and befriended me as a young guy coming in to shop in a fancy store happened to be your mother and your grandmother. So I'm letting all the listeners in on a little fact that your grandmother and your mother, particularly your grandmother, because she sold me my shoes, she took a, a shine to me and I took a shine to her. And even when I couldn't afford it, I'd stop in and visit just to say hello to your mom and your grandma. So you know, the fact that we did become friends in life so many years ago, I, I'm letting you in on a little secret here and our listeners that I was enamored of your beauty and then I got to know your inner beauty as well. So I just need to share that story. That, that's so sweet. I'm so, so moved and touched by that story. But my, my Nana was a pistol. My, my, my grandmother was irreverent. She was, she was a sailor. She, even though she was an elegant lady and my mother was head of the jewelry department, she was a jewelry buyer there. And my mother was very proper and she would just like faint every time my grandmother would open her mouth. But my grandmother made friends with, no one would buy, they would wait for my grandmother to oh, buy no, I- I did. I did. It was much more fun. But she and, said, you know, Nana, everybody loves you. She goes, I tell you a little secret, a little secret. So she would tell me about, she would work on commission and she would sock that money away. I tell you. And she, every day, every day, oh, selling the shoes. And uh, she she lived very well, my grandmother. She loved what she did. She had a passion for what she did. And that's why she was successful at it. I'm happy I could be a contributor in some small <laughs> you way. You are. <laughs> uh, and just to add a little, uh, you know, a little touch to that, because your mother was on the jewelry side, when Ronnie and I first met, Ronnie would go visit jewelry. We couldn't afford to buy it, <laughs> but she would visit jewelry at, at Gucci and say, when we can, I want that. Okay, but that's part of our history. But Christina, where I was going with that 
was you've been a public person. You've been a celebrity for you know most of your life. What you've done brilliantly is used your following on Instagram and, and social media platforms and the like to really build the Flourish brand because you do have a strong following. What lessons have you learned and what lessons might you be able to share with our listeners relative to how you've used social media in, you know, I don't want to say promoting yourself because that's not how I look at this. It's an unintended benefit, but you've promoted your mission. You've promoted your connectivity and you've promoted Flourish using your platform. Has that worked out? And is there any advice you could give to any of our listeners on how you've done that? I think it's extremely important to have engagement with the people who reach out to you. I try to, I get a lot of people calling me with comments and things, and I try to answer as many as I can. I can't spend the whole day, you know, doing it. So I try to answer as much as I can every single day. And that personal connection really helps because then they feel they they are connecting with you and I with them. You build a beautiful community. The ones that have been following me for years, I know them personally, and a couple of them have become very good friends of mine, you know, just, you know, they're like gifts. But uh, they're out there too trying to help and promote. But I think engagement is one of the most important things and consistency. You have to do something every day. It's really hard because I'm really like a one-man show right now. And as I'm expanding, I realize that I need help. But I am such a control freak that, you know, and, and I'm all about perfection. I think I have, what is it called, OCD or something? I mean, everything has to be perfect. And Tony says, get somebody to do it for you. But when I get somebody doing it for me, I end up doing it myself because I am a perfectionist and um, I, I, I want everything to be perfect. But the engagement is probably the most important thing and consistency. Christina, one thing I can say, uh, you know, having been fortunate enough to know you as many years as I do, you have been consistent. You've been consistent in your commitment, in who you are. And, you know, when, when somebody's so public, you always wonder, okay, I know what that person's like when I'm seeing them on television or I'm looking at a photo of them or they're, you know, doing this or that. But that's not what they're really like. You know, we all have that sort of jaundiced view of, well, that's not what they're really like. I'm here to tell you that's what you're really like, Christina. And I'm here to tell our listeners that's what you're really like. I, I think the fact that I have been on so many talk shows, I believe that people can smell when you're not sincere. And when you come at them every day through your television screen, they're, you know, they can see right through you. And I am not a BS artist. What you see is what you get. I was, I'm that way in everything I've done. I've had so many people call me to do commercials and endorsements throughout my career. I am not a gun for hire. I have to see it. I have to try it. I don't care if it takes three or four weeks to try on a new makeup thing, which, by the way, I have coming out. Uh, but, but uh, you know. Good plug, good plug, good plug. <laughs> but I, I have, you know, and, and I believe that people can see see that. So I try to stay true to form uh, uh, on who I really am as a person. And do do I get mad? Do I get upset? You know, sure I do. But you're going to see that too. You know, it's it's. I don't try to hide anything especially from my poor husband. <laughs> he gets the brunt of everything. But I think authenticity is really important. Yeah, look, we, we talk in our business, but I think this applies to, to life writ large, Christina. It seems that in the media and marketing and advertising space, and my team hears this all the time, 
everything that is relevant today or, or top of the mind to everybody begins with the letter T. Trust, transparency, technology, talent, and transformation. Those are all words that are pivots for our industry today. The other word which you used starts with an A, which is authenticity. And if you take trust, transparency, and authenticity and put them together, those three really speak volumes to A, why you are you and why you've had success, because you are authentic, people can trust you, and you're transparent. You are as advertised. You can kind of, what was that song in Chicago, Mr. Cellophane? You can see right through me. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But you forgot one other T. You have to have a Tony. Even though that person doesn't have that, you have to have a Tony. Well, he's got two T's. Yeah, he and he has two T's. But you need someone who believes in your vision as well, who's there to support you, to help you to lay that foundation. Um, that, that's important. So you, you have to have a Tony behind you as well. I'm sure you have one of those or maybe yeah, several I do. of those. Yeah, I, I, your team is amazing, I have to say. Yeah, you're surrounded by okay. really wonderful people. So, Christina, I'm going to ask you one bonus question uh, as we wrap. I'd be remiss if I didn't close on this. What's your favorite recipe? What's your favorite recipe to kind of just whip up in a dime, you know? All right. I keep always fresh tomatoes in the house. The, the tomato season is over with, but I canned all of my my tomatoes at the end of the season because I love to make pasta sauce that is a fresh tomato sauce. Little olive oil, a little garlic, a little red pepper, uh, a little wine, tomatoes. Cook them up for 10 minutes. You have the most wonderful pasta. It's clean. It's delicious. Uh, sometimes I buy the homemade uh, the homemade pastas that are already made, or I, I just use uh, you know the dry pasta, a little Reggiano Parmigiano, put it on fresh basil. That is the best. And by the way, I'll, when we come to your house, you're going to get chocolate mousse, and I'm going to bring you the tomato sauce. So I'll cook it right there. Ronnie and I can do it together. I love it. And guys, Christina, you left us all wanting more, particularly some of that special Christina sauce. I really genuinely appreciate the time today, Christina. You know I appreciate the friendship. We, Ronnie and I, hold you and Tony in the highest you esteem. Make me cry. Mm. And I, I know this sounds... Can I just mention, though, too, I'd like to invite people to come into my world. And if they could just go on to at Christina, there's no H in Christina, cooks. Follow these recipes that we're talking about. And also, you know, we're starting a new company. I get emotional. There's nothing more important to me than to make this successful, to be able to share it with people. I have visions in my head that, you know, if this company is successful and we could really get it going that, you know, I, I want to build a building to, for my alone, you know, for this, this is how I think. Is it going to happen? I don't know. So go to at flourish underscore body, mind, soul, and help me make that happen. I don't need any more money, but I want I want to be able to do good things with it. That's my dream. I am going to be very forthright in what I say to the listeners, but from my perspective, I'm never going to make a bet against you. I'm going to count on you, and I know this is going to work, and I'm going to be helping you look for that building. You embody so much of the mind, body, and spirit that you're trying to help others achieve And you're an inspiration to me and I know to so many. Thank you, Christina. I'm Michael Kasson. Thanks for listening to Good Company. 
Good Company is a production of iHeartRadio. A special thanks to Lena Peterson, Chief Brand Officer and Managing Director of MediaLink, for her vision on Good Company. And to Jen Seeley, Vice President, Marketing Communications of MediaLink, for programming amazing talent and content. 